Yay, 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 oh, this is the Sunday podcast. It's a bouncy one today. How are you doing, Si? I'm good. I'm on my way up the Football League. What a result that was. What a performance. Fantastic yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm damn buzzing. I'm buzzing. Can you not tell? I can tell. I can, t- I can see you. I can see that you're buzzing. Absolutely buzzing. I was impressed from 1 to 11. I know you, um, Kendrick, was asking who, who give your name to the man of the match. And the short version is everyone deserved a, a shout out yesterday I thought everyone chipped in did a shift and do you know what I was quite shocked with that first half an hour and it was it was pleasantly shocked for once yesterday fantastic from start to finish and I just want to say right off the bat how much passion was oozing from Jamie Jones yesterday I feel really reassured that you know obviously we know he's in the fight but what you could see from him yesterday absolutely superb but one to 11 superb can't fault anyone at all what were, what were your thoughts on the game like you said the first half we were untouchable weren't we? we were unplayable considering Doncaster have been pushing top six all season we've done the du- first team we've done the double over this year this this campaign they were poor for me and I, I know we probably made them look poor yeah, they're very hesitant at the back. It shows you what difference a good manager can make, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And obviously Darren Moore has made the step up in divisions, but it'd have been interesting to see if he could have finished the, the season there at Doncaster because they were doing very, very well. But like you saw, like you say, they were they were poor yesterday. Some interesting positional plays. Uh, Reese James playing in midfield. And one one for me, and it's it's hard to remember that he was actually playing for uh, Doncaster yesterday. Omar offside Bogle. He was, um, well, what did he do? Super George and uh, Tilty had him in the back pockets, didn't they, to be honest with you? George and Tilty, is that how they're known to you now in, in your household, George and Tilty? George and Tilty, yeah, yeah. A quick run through the stats from yesterday. Possession, they had 56-44. Shots, 8-14. to 14. So we, was, we were banging them in. On target, 4-6. to six. Corners, which I always think uh, sort of dictates whether you've dominated the game or not, and, and it certainly did say that. Corners three to twelve to in our favour. We had twelve corners. Yellow cards three for two, and I'm going to come to this now. Keeping up, the referee today, Alan Young, is issued over four point five yellows per game in his career. He's never had a game where he's not issued a yellow, and having watched his performance yesterday, it's the first time. I've really took notice of him. God, he was awful. He was awful. Was it the Doncaster player who had a head injury and the play just continued? Yeah, it was Rhys James. Yeah. Took the ball full in the face and it looked like it had knocked him out. It was shocking, shocking officiating. And I was having a bit of a debate, wasn't I, online like a couple of weeks ago with Gillingham with regards to the standard referees. And they said, oh, we're only, we're only saying that they're uh, poor due to the fact that we lost. The referees are poor and we won convincingly yesterday. The referees are very, very poor. And you've got an alarming um, note about this referee, haven't you? Yeah, he's actually the chief executive of Bedfordshire FA. So I think he needs to report himself <laughs> and get himself on a refresher course because I don't think he understood the rules. R- number one... If a goalkeeper angles the ball outside of the area, it, oh, yeah. it isn't play on. It's a free kick and a red card. And then number two, like he talks about Rich James getting smacked in the face, straight away, p- protocols say, blow your whistle and stop playing and get, and get attention on the, on the pitch to him. 
absolutely criminal yesterday. But it's, it's, it's been all season, hasn't it? And I think, yeah, last season, the officiating wasn't too bad in the championship, was it? But it, it's, it's not brilliant. But right the way through, you see poor refereeing decisions in the Premier League as well. Yeah, we had, we, we had a few injuries last season, but I think that was... Uh... I don't know. We were very frustrated at the beginning of the season and then obviously the second half of the season when we're steamrolling everybody, we're frustrated again because we couldn't get in the ground and, and watch them. So maybe that had something to do with it. But this year, I mean, a lot of these guys are new guys as well. That's just been, they seem to have been promoted quickly to get them get them in. I, I don't know if there's a shortage of referees or not, but by the crane, they've been awful. Anyway, we're taking away from the game though. Yeah, going back to the stats, Barry, um, and obviously we know that, I don't know whether you've mentioned it, but obviously we won 4-1 away from home. It, it, it shows how well you're doing, unless the substitutions are made for injuries. For um, Andy Butler to make two changes in the first half shows that they were worried and that they weren't uh, performing at all, were they? But they weren't. i tell you who was a great player yesterday as well. Will Keane, absolutely superb. Best game he's played for us. Yeah, he looked like Messi, didn't he? When, when he was going through and he set up uh, Viv for his goal, his tapping. But he looked like Messi the way he was weaving round players. And I think it's been well documented that he has suffered from from COVID earlier this year. Yeah. And on his return, he's not quite found the form that he was in before he caught it. And there is such a thing as long COVID. I know about that because I had it and I've been a bit under the weather, you know, even now, I still don't feel 100%. But uh, maybe that, that has had something to do with it. And if it has, and it shook, you know, shook it off, some player, what a player to have to be able to bring in with six games to go. Well, absolutely. And Joe Dodu getting the, the the game going after three minutes, all I was thinking was, please don't do an Accrington at that point, you know, so, so early on. Because sometimes scoring so early, it, it can have a ne- negative impact, can't it, sometimes? Um, but Tello did well to to assist Joe. Brilliant, you know, brilliant play. And I'm I'm, I'm so pleased for Tello again to be rewarded for his, his performances. He's, he's really, really stepped up this season. I mean, obviously we knew what he could do after watching him uh, at lower levels, but oh, that that lad has he's, he's playing above his years, isn't he, Tello? And one that we need to to keep hold of. I know someone put a picture of um, Tello and that uh, Harlan, Harlan does it. Harlan, yeah. Harlan, yeah. yeah. said, I can't, can't believe that the value of these two players is 150 million. And then someone put, I didn't know Harlan was only worth 3 million. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. but he played well, didn't he? But like you say, you can't single out one player for um, a good performance. I think it's, everyone played well and, fully, fully deserved yesterday. He, I thought he was fantastic, Tello, as, as they all were. I watched his interview after the game and he spoke about having suffered quite a lot from injuries last season and he, he said he's taken himself by surprise to how well he's done to come on this season. But I suppose that's that's one of the things with, uh, you know, with young kids and growing and giving them a lot of football, putting physical demands on them, they're going to pick injuries up. You can see his physique now. He's, he's changed from that young kid, Anthony. He looks like a young man now, and he's filled out, and he's a lot stronger than he was last year. I've, I've read today about it, that he signed a three-year contract with us. He's the type of a player we, we want to build building around, isn't he? You know, going forward. Is he for you one of the first names on the team sheet, or is he almost there? Is it too early for to be a first name on the team sheet kind of person? 
Well, again, I mean, when when I was young, like all, everybody who's, who plays football, when you, you just want to play, you, you're not bothered. You don't think about, you know, your limitations and, and you don't think about the consequences of playing two games a week. You just want to play every game. But I think he's been managed superbly. They've left him out of the team for a little bit. They give him a break, let him let his body recover from, from like what's been a, an hard winter and they've had a lot of demands on him. And I think it showed yesterday, he played on a what looked like a really good pitch, so it suited yeah. his ball control and that. Yes, I mean, all things being equal, he would be one of the first names on the sheet without any hesitation. But you've yeah. still got, got a way up, you know, his age, and he might get them dips in performances. So you've got to monitor him very closely, I think. Yeah, I, I, I tend to um, agree with you. And I, I know we've said that everyone played really well yesterday, but for me, somebody stood out and... He's, one, he's played in one of those positions that tend to go unnoticed, really, because if, if things are going well, then you don't really notice them. Was Funzo Ojo? Um, I know you bang the drum for him week in, week out, and I'm sure you'd be uh, the first person cheering his name if he was in a stadium, because I know, I know you took quite a shine to him. But I noticed yesterday some of the moves and uh, the run forwards he was doing, because he, he has got a bit of, not I don't want to say criticism, because we don't want to criticise anyone who was um, helping the cause, but some people said he, you know, he only goes sideways or backwards. I think he looked fantastic yesterday, and I think we, we had a conversation earlier. Was our Doncaster that bad, or were we that good? And I think it's a combination of we were very, very good yesterday, but Doncaster looked very, very poor at the minute. Yeah, I think the other thing with with Funzo Ojo is that Lee Evans is finding a little bit more fitness now because obviously he's been out a long time. And it's taken him a while to get, you know, to, to be firing on all cylinders, shall we say. And if you notice, he's he's moving forward a lot more than what he was. Where in previous games, previous weeks, he sat really deep and just in front of the, the the back four and picked them balls up and not the little square balls so that they can build. And Elder's position played really, really disciplined. I mean, that was what what I, I, I admire about him, the way that he, he was disciplined and, he, he, you know, and he was like... Uh, it's similar to a Marcy role, who Marcy used to play. Not a similar player to Marcy, I don't think he is, but that's that type of role just in front of the back four. But over the past, I don't know, three or four games, as Evans has got a little bit fitter and can move about a bit more, he's got a little bit more freedom. And like yesterday, straight from the kickoff, he, yeah. you know, we noticed how, how, how we pushed up like he did. And I, and I think that is uh, bringing him more into the game. And you know, he's not he's not a goal scoring midfielder. I don't think there's any question about that. We've seen a couple of his efforts, but he's he's a good footballer. He's got a great brain on him. I'd love him to stay. Whatever happens to us, I'd love him to stay. I I, I presume we'll probably come to this later on in the, this podcast. But you, I remember you saying that we need three wins to to stay up. That's one of them boxed off. But then I I noticed on your. Uh, on your Twitter, you, you've gone for three wins from the next uh, group of games. I had, a, I had a look at our fixtures, um, and after, after yesterday, they don't look as daunting as, as they did um, Friday, did they? Do they? Um, I said I agree with you. I think three wins because not all the results went for us yesterday. Um, it, it, we were saying teams in this this part of the table, one team will have a good result. You know, an absolute brilliant result, but then another team will just match it. But you take out Sunderland and Hull 
from the running now. And there's four games left after that. Crew, Crew at home, Shrewsbury away, Burton at home and Swindon at home. Actually, four wins, Barry. Yeah, well, home, that's the problem, isn't it? <laughs> home, home, we're not as good as home for some reason. Yeah, we'll move on. I mean, the first thing I'd say before we do is the uh, the bookies' odds have shortened on us as well for avoiding relegation. Yeah, I believe our reliable bookie was in, in, in touch with us this morning, wasn't he? So even the bookies thinking we're, you know, are thinking we're going to stop up. But it's not just looking at our fixtures. When you look at the fixtures of all the teams... In that bottom six, for me, we've got the best running without any shadow. We've got the best running. Looking at Rochdale and the form they're in, I can't well, let's see Rochdale. Yeah, so, but they've got a game in hand on us, and they're only five points behind us, and they play Swindon on Tuesday, which is a massive game. I'd well, Barry, the, take the draw, though, wouldn't you? They've won, they've won once at home. Yeah, I'd got 100% to take a draw there, but they've won once at home this season. Yeah, well, I, I hope it, it turns out to be a draw, that. Because one thing yesterday did as well for us, it improved our goal difference. Swindon need to pull three goals back on us to go above us. So yeah. unless we collapse against Sunderland, which I don't think we will, and that's a draw, that'd be a great result for us moving forward. Bristol City, uh, Bristol Rovers sorry, and Northampton are not playing. And Wimbledon are a tom to Ipswich. So this is where Paul Cook and Gary Roberts need to step up. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because Ipswich lie in eighth of the minute and are three points off the playoffs. So you know what's going to be going through Cookie's mind? Um, that three points and some good good amount of goals there. You know, Paul, if you're listening, we know you're a regular listener, but three or four nil would do us a world of good. Well, you look, look at uh, Wimbledon's... Goal difference, it's minus 21 and we're on minus 24. So there's a, a three-goal swing there. So uh, we'll do the job. Yeah, I mean, really, what we need to do is concentrate on on doing what we do. And and, and then, you know, the, the rest should take care of itself. Do you know what? It, this might not even go to the final game of the season now. That's how I'm feeling about it. We might, you know, I think two, to be honest with you, I think two wins and a draw... Will give us seven seven points, forty five. I think that'll be enough. Looking at all what everybody else's, you've got Northampton on forty. Their fixtures are absolutely horrendous. They're playing, they don't play anybody outside the top nine. Every team they're playing has got something to go for. Knowing us though, Barry, we'll pick up our, our six points against Sunderland and Hull, and then get the draw against Crew, and uh, let somebody else sneak up. I don't think so. You, but you can't see them doing it because of the way the fixtures are lying. I know you've done some research into this, so I know I can ask you these questions. Who's who's Bristol got? Yeah, what what their five games now? What have they got left? Well, I'll tell you who they've got, Barry. Uh, on Saturday, they're playing Lincoln City at home. Now, I know Lincoln are faltering, but Lincoln will want to hold on to where they are in the league, won't they? I mean, the sixth in the league currently, Lincoln. They'll be wanting to hold on because Charlton are right on their on their tails. Then they play MK Dons. They'll be on the, they'll be on the beach by then, won't they? Well, you know, I think they'll want to finish the season strongly. I, I mean, it's not the Premier League. This this you know these are, are, are players playing for contracts next season. You know, well, there is, I agree. Yeah. So I, I I don't think anybody's a given to you know to be honest. I mean, we've looked at it haven't we? and said, oh, we've got crew. And we've got uh, Burton and Shrewsbury, but these lads are playing for contracts. 
Yeah. And the state of football finance at the moment, you know, they, 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 I, I think they're going to be, there's not going to be any walkovers. So. No. When they t- end of the month, they travel, Bristol travel to Portsmouth. So you look at those three fixtures there, Lincoln and Portsmouth, they've got something, a lot to play for there in, in regards to potential prom- promotion. MK Dons, you like to say, players playing for contracts. Um, and then the last two games of the season, they've got crew at home. You know, there'll be a different story by them as to what's going on. And they've got Blackpool last day of the season. Again, Blackpool, it could be jockeying for position who you play home or away in the uh, the playoffs, you know. and Well, yeah, I mean, the thing with Blackpool, Simon, it doesn't matter about them being on the beach because that's they like it on the beach, don't they? You know, that's, that's, that's where they live. They live on the beach. And, and the other thing that you need to bring into this equation is Bristol Rovers are a very poor side. Oh, a, you'll be betting some fans there, Barry. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, you look at them. Rochdale are a poor side. They beat us 5-0, but that's when we were a poor side. They're a poor side. Swindon are awful with an awful manager. Bristol Rovers are poor. I think it's, it's between us, Wimbledon and Northampton for two places. And I think if we finish above Northampton, I'll be happy. We'll, we'll, we'll be up. That's it. And Northampton... Yeah. We've got some difficult fixtures, like we said. I'd uh, I tend to uh, to agree with you there, Barry. I tend yeah. to agree. And we've a game in under Northampton, and we're two points behind them. So uh, obviously, we play the game in hand on Tuesday, which we'll move on to now. Uh, Sunderland. So obviously, Sunderland are pushing for promotion. And the recent form is drawn, one, one, drawn, and then they lost to Charlton on Saturday. Uh, I've seen the goals and they were, shall we say, they, they were something you might see in a circus. They are absolutely clown goals. Uh, so the only problem is they've got them out of the system before they come down here, you know. That's the worry. Uh, apparently, uh, Charlie White, who's the top scorer, consider burn, burned over the banjo. So that's another thing because, you know, I don't, I don't like all these little omens, but we've got to stay positive, haven't we? And we've... We've just done one double. We've got a chance of doing another now. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting though because Sunderland they were unbeaten in fourteen, weren't they, prior to playing Charlton? Yeah, they were. They was on cracking form, and have they run out of steam? I mean, it's been a it's been a big slog for them. Well, it has. Obviously, they had the uh, JPT, didn't they, or Papa John's, or whatever it's called this season. Um, interestingly, though, Barry, I was on a look at um, the. Sunderland team, some some names in there, and that Aidan McGeady, you know, great player. But there's what there's one name that stands out. Number six, captain. I, I won't say captain, fantastic, but uh, captain um, Maxi Maxi Power. Um, he got himself into well a bit of a controversial situation the other week, didn't he, against Oxford United with uh, had an altercation, I think, in the tunnel. And then he scored late on, didn't he? And celebrated right in front of is it Appleton there? No, it's uh, Robinson. Robinson, yeah. But he was in the stands. He'd been sent off by that stage. Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know, Barry. There are good on paper. Looking at the team, Lyndon Gooch, um, like I say, Charlie White, Aidan McGeady, Max Power. They're um, they're a solid, decent team, but. I think I think we'll do them, you know. Well, I also we've got a strong referee. We've got the referee. I'll do ref watch while I'm here. Is uh, Gavin Ward, who has experience in the EFL and the Premier League, and he's also refed at international level. He's uh, 
been knocking around a while. He was in the lower leagues before he was added to the select group two in the 18-19 season. So he was a full-time referee. And he very rarely referees at league, uh, league one and two level. He's done four games this season in League one and two. Uh, he did his away at Plymouth. So that was a good result. That was a good omen because we won down there 2-0. But just as a word of caution, we have never won or even scored a goal in a home game where Gavin Ward has refereed us. Hopefully this will be third time lucky. He's, uh, this season is 28 games, 93 yellows, three reds and four penalty awards. He's travelling a long way. He lives in Surrey, oh. Gavin Ward. So we've previously met Sunderland 22 times. We've won eight, drawn seven and lost seven. So we're slightly better form-wise. And we've we've met them. Of those 22, there's only eight games come outside the uh, Premier League. Most The 14 of them have been in the Premier League. And obviously the last game, last time we played them was away at the Stadium of Light when Kyle Joseph, was that his first goal for the club, that? I believe it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great finish, great finish too in the Boston corner. So I've spoken to a, a Sunderland fan. Unfortunately, he couldn't join us because he was going away with the ladies because he runs a or he's connected to a ladies football team and he was tied up with them all day. Anyway, I asked him for a prediction and he felt that this is last night after they'd lost at home. He felt they were going to come back, get themselves back on track and they were going to get a, a 3-2 away win. <laughs> so that was his prediction. His name's Graham. Sorry for laughing, Graham. I don't think it will be three-two by any stretch of the imagination. What do uh, you think it will be, Barry? I'll, I, I honestly believe uh, we'll play an unchanged side, whether Callum Lang's fit or not, and I don't think he he will be fit for Tuesday anyway. I don't think he'll be on the bench. I think we're going to win this two-nil. I re- I do. I've just got a feeling two-nil, a massive win for us. I take a point. No, I'll be honest with you. I take a point. No. But I've just got that gut feeling, 2-0 to the Latics. Over to you, Shai. I am doing this with Barry and not Adamanta. That's that's a Pendlebury kind of prediction. But uh, can you not be positive coming off that, not just the the performance yesterday, but the scoreline as well? Oh, oh, I am. I am. So I'm going to see you 2-0, Barry. I'm going to raise you 1-0. <laughs> you thought I was going three, didn't you? Oh, I did, yeah. <laughs> I think I think a one 0 winner, and you know what? It's going to be a late winner, a, a, a very late winner, uh, and it's going to go in from a corner off the head of Max Power in his own net. Adrian <laughs> Power. Don't forget, it's a six pm kickoff, either a late tea or an early tea, whichever way you want to go about it. I, w- I was very tactical. Obviously, back to work tomorrow. I was very tactical in my uh, planning of lessons to make sure that I could just get back in time for that game. That's exactly what you need to do. Right, well, two uh, positive chappies and a positive prediction from us both. Let's hope we're just going to be as positive on Wednesday after we've played Sunderland and the other results have come in. So on that note, uh, it's a good afternoon from me. And it's a goodbye from me. Up the six. Up the six.